Kelly draws the slide. Man's wide open. Time. Room. Bullseye. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to episode five of the Crease Die, presented by Barstool Sports, your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats, by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, the man, Robbio. Robert, how are we doing today? What is up, Jordy? And what is up, boys? Another week of college lacrosse in the books, and boy, was it a good one. We're just a couple weeks in, and I'm already fucking excited for the rest of the season. We got a huge, huge slate ahead of us and a big weekend to look forward to. Uh, speaking of a big weekend to look forward to, Jordy, thank you for hosting me. You and I will be headed to the UPenn Duke game this weekend on Saturday. Pumped to go down to Philly. Yeah, I mean, I'm super pumped to have you here in Philly. Uh, so it'll be good. It'll be our first game together. We got a couple, a uh, couple nice, solid interviews lined up too. Uh, you know, a couple guys coming live on the scene for some, for some crease dive episodes in the future. Uh, and speaking of big time interviews, we've got a huge interview coming up later in this show. With I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this guy or not, but Dahoga Nanakoke. I mean, this kid came onto the scene with a goddamn Yeah, I mean, this was the kid's first last game, weekend like going into Syracuse. Syracuse, the Carrier Dome. You know, I, there was a lot of people were skeptical of like how he's going to play because he had a fucking baller-ass fall ball. Then he just comes into Syracuse like an away game and just puts up a five spot on them. Sy- or Albany absolutely handling Syracuse 15-3. to He puts on a clinic with Connor Fields and the rest of the Great Danes. I mean – that was something. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. So some people were, you know, a little, you know, they kind of wanted to hedge their expectations a little bit on Dehoga. I went into this game. I mean, this is the kid's first collegiate lacrosse game. I went into this expecting him to have, I mean, it was still impressive as hell. I was still, you know, surprised with just how easy he made it look, but I still went into this game expecting him to put up big numbers. And this is a kid who never played a college game before. So that, I mean, like the hype that surrounds this kid, uh, I mean, it is, it, it's not just hype, it is for real. So great interview with him coming up later in the show. Uh, but yeah, let's let's just talk about that. The Albany Great Danes dismantling Syracuse here to start off our fast break segments, recapping last weekend. So this, this final score, in case you missed it, it was thir- 15, 15 to 3. Albany and the score doesn't even do it justice because it could have been 20 to nothing. It could have been 30 to one. I mean, it was a beat down on all three areas of the field. I mean, Albany, their, their offense, this is what we've been saying since, you know, since preseason, since this fall, since, you know, you got, you've got Dahoga, you got Connor Fields, you got guys like Kyle McClancy, you got guys all over that offense at Albany who just live to ruin goalies' lives. And it's a beautiful thing to see. You know, they had their own goalie in net, J.D. Colarusso, putting up a great day, just shutting down Syracuse's offense. They got TD Ireland at the face-off X, making it make it take it. I mean, besides Trevor Baptiste, Ireland's got to be up there as one of the premier face-off guys in the country. So when you have a baller-ass offense who can just put up numbers and numbers, and you got a guy at the face-off X who's just getting you the ball back every time, Good luck stopping the Great Danes. Unfortunately, Syracuse had to find that one out the hard way. You know, what What other thoughts you have on that game? Like you said, you were very high into Hogan Nanakoke. 
I, last episode, I said, like, look, he's going to be going against Bomberry, who is a very steady, sturdy, close defenseman. And, dude, he, they, they couldn't cover the kid. So, like you said, he had a lot of high expectations, but they said this is his first game. But, dude, he proved all the doubters wrong. This kid is the real deal. You got TD Ireland going 16 for 21 at the faceoff X. Like, if you're an opposing team playing against Albany, you're not going to be able to win if you don't have the ball on your stick for 75% or more of the game. So with that being said, I mean, they just absolutely pounded on Cuse. I mean, Cuse looked flustered on offense. Like once they went down six or seven, they started pouring it on them. But, you know, now, I mean, we're going to stick with Cuse and Albany, but now Syracuse is going to find themselves with an easily losable game against, you know, a a sturdy-ass, like heavy army team. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be getting any easier for Syracuse. And here's the thing. I mean, I don't know if last week, if Cuse just looked really bad or if Albany just looked really great. Maybe it was a little bit of a combination of the two of them. Either way, pretty disappointing outing for Syracuse. And another team who came out pretty disappointed with them last weekend is UNC for the second week in a row. I mean, they're just squeaking by teams right now. I know that they're 3-0 and so far but it has not looked pretty for the Tar Heels. They had to take Lehigh at home in overtime last weekend. They get the 12-11 win in overtime, but I mean, this is a game where, you know, Lehigh, they were getting, you know, they they were looking great defensively, shutting down, you know, some of those Canadians at, at UNC. They were looking great offensively. I mean, it was a great game to watch. Uh, if you were able to find that one on the stream, that was actually an ESPN3 game. So, I mean, it was back and forth teams trading leads uh real quick shout out to my boy james spence in the net for lehigh that's a kid that i uh been coaching for the last few years he's a springfield delco boy alongside of his brother uh lucas spence and then another springfield guy on that team got ian strain so a couple boys for the summer team just putting on for lehigh right there i mean that they're a program that you know they've got they've got spence in the net uh, he's only a freshman, and he came out. He had double-digit saves against UNC, a lot of big-time saves right on the doorstep. So, you know, as long as he keeps himself going, the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, I mean, they're set up for the future. It, they're probably not set up great for this year, but the fact that they took UNC to overtime, uh, great confidence booster for them, and, and just UNC is just looking not great. Not great at all, but like you said, you cannot knock them. They are undefeated. And just going off of Lehigh, like personally, like I came out of the Patriot League. Cassis always has his boys in order. Like his recruiting classes are just they, they fit the Lehigh system. They have the perfect they they'll get a Canadian attackman. And then like you said, they'll just have like these role players who will step up in these big games. And for me, it's just a matter of time before the true colors show for these UNC Tar Heels. I feel like they've been no disrespect to Lehigh, no disrespect to Furman, but they're beating these mediocre teams like by one or two. And you know what? But in the end, you know, they're going to be, and we're going to keep talking, we'll talk about this later in the show, but they're going to be playing against a Hopkins team who got beat up on Loyola, but I, they're, they're undefeated. They're number nine in the country. You can't say anything about them except for the fact that they are squeezing by these teams. Yeah, if, if they weren't wearing an STX bucket, maybe I'd give them the benefit of the doubt, but I really just hate seeing them on TV right now, even though those colors are supreme. Uh, but like I said, that UNC Lehigh game, a ton of fun for people to watch, back and forth all around. Another game that was a must-watch, especially at the end. We're going to jump down to Frisco, Texas, talking about Nova with their second straight overtime stunner. 
They opened up the season overtime win against Penn State. And then last weekend at the Dallas Cowboys practice facility, it is Danny Seibel coming up huge for the Wildcats. He gets the overtime game winner against Yale, rips off the bucket, runs to the 50-yard line, spikes his stick on the Dallas Cowboys star like a savage, like he's Terrell Owens. I mean, that's that's a huge win for a Philly school down in Jerry Jones's right in his backyard there. So, I mean, Nova coming out hot. I mean, this is a team that, you know, it's, it's still early on in the season, but I I just, I wish that it was, I wish that it was late April for them because they look primed to be a Cinderella team. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up for the whole season, but right now, I mean, they are fun. If you're talking about that kid's OT goal, dude, the silly. I mean, you're an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. If you watch that clip and watch that Selly and you don't get the goosebumps running down your body, like there is something wrong with you. He just straight up spikes it out of disrespect on the Dallas Star. Huge win against the number three in the country, Yale Bulldogs. And granted, this was Yale's first game and Nova's had a couple under their belt. So if I'm Yale, I'm not going to worry about this. But I mean, Villanova's hot right now. I mean, you've called it early in the season. Like, this is one of those trendy teams to look out for, to be a sleeper and dark horse come World Day weekend. Yeah, and uh, just real quick side note here. Uh, Jerry Jones, you old bitch, eat a bag of dicks. Uh, And then then, uh, finally, last game here in the fast break segment here, we had Loyola just owning, owning, Hopkins in the what, what do they call this one? The Battle of Charlestown Street or something like it, whatever it was. It wasn't it wasn't a rivalry. It was just game over for Hopkins, even though they they were looking pretty fresh out there. But Pat Spencer just just throwing defenders into the back of the net. Quick little change of direction. I mean, that's I don't know if you guys have seen that highlight or not. It's it's up on our Instagram. Check that out because it's a perfect little microcosm for how that entire game went. Hopkins had nothing for Loyola. That was just a straight beatdown. We had a final score there, 12-5, and yeesh. Oh, my gosh. Sheesh, dude. Loyola looked fucking fantastic. And the stat that took me away was the turnovers, dude. Loyola to Hopkins, 13-3. to I mean, I know this kid's a freshman. I know he played well against Towson. And I know he's the son of the guy who's about to come on the podcast right now. But Mar kind of melted, dude. Putting up double goose eggs and then having three minutes worth of penalties. It's just not good. I mean, Loyola looked fucking fantastic from – the attack to the defense. Shout out to Matt Stover, the Ravens kicker, producing the son, Jacob Stover, in net. He's a three-year starter now. He looks fantastic. So this is a loyal team that we've been saying, dude, you got to watch out for them. They're more than just Pat Spencer. They're all-around team. All-around team for sure. And and I just don't know. Like Hopkins, man, this is this is what they do. They will look like the best team in the country one week and come out and get their shit pushed in the next week. So they're – uh, you know, if if you're someone who's looking to throw down a little bit of coin uh, on college lacrosse this year, I would always bet against Hopkins after a win and bet on them the a game after a loss because they're just so back and forth. It is almost impossible to keep up with. Uh, and that's going to bring us right into our man up, man down of the week. Uh, so we're going to just, you know, give, give our, you know, teams or players who have impressed us over the last week and teams or players who, uh, 
kind of need to pick up their shit as uh, as we roll into this next weekend of college lacrosse here. So, uh, Robbie, you want to start us off? Yeah, you know what? I will start us off. And to start us off, I have four guys now on the Virginia Cavaliers. I started off last man up with the Bash Bros, Ryan Conrad and Docs Aiken. And I've been saying it that these are the kids that have to step up. They're highly recruited kids. We're inside lacrosse, top 10 prospects. They're fucking producing. But you know who else are producing to follow those Bash Bros? These two freshmen, Ian Liviano and Matt Moore. Dude, Virginia is putting on a show this year, and they are going to be a threat in the ACC. And shout out to Lars Tiffany for – he's he's doing a lot of things coaching-wise, like putting offensive middies on the wings without an LSM that a lot of teams in the country aren't doing this year. So the Virginia Cavaliers, specifically, those four dudes are just balling out. They are my man up of the week. Uh, how about yourself? Who do you got, Jordy? Yeah, I, mean, I almost accidentally called Virginia dead before the season even started. So uh, <laughs> real glad that I kind of steered myself clear of that one. Uh, but for my man up this week, it's got to be Villanova's clutch gene. I mean, they come out to start the season 2-0 and on back-to-back overtime upsets. I mean, the, what more could you ask for, for for the team from the main line there? And here's the thing. Their schedule doesn't get you know much easier either. I mean, they've got Hofstra coming up this weekend. Uh, later on next week, they've they've got a nice little you know in uh, in area in area rivalry game coming up against Drexel. They've got Delaware. They've got Brown, Penn, Maryland, Fairfield, Marquette, Denver, Georgetown, St. John's. Pro- I mean uh, that that Big East schedule towards the end gets a little lighter there for them. But I mean, they're going to need that confidence heading into this stretch of games here where they're going up against a lot of top 20 teams. Uh, But here's the, I mean, you win a couple of those overtime games, especially earlier in the season. It's crazy how much that confidence just carries through the rest of the season. Um, You know, you, you might be down, you know, you might be down a few goals in the fourth quarter. Uh, Maybe another team, maybe a younger team who hasn't been battle tested like that. Maybe they start feeling down on themselves. Maybe they start tightening up a little bit, kind of forcing the issue a little bit. Hell no. I mean, it's, it's, it's toward the, uh, you know, we're only in February here. Villanova's already been through all those battles. So they're, they're going to be calm. They're going to be cool. So that should be huge for them heading into the rest of the season. And uh, so I'll just, uh, I'm going to roll right into my man down because actually, you know what, how how about you take this one? You know what, for my man down, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll right off of you off of the fucking Wildcats. I'm going to go with the Ivy League. So you got Yale having a horrible weekend. You know, their first game out of Dallas, a bunch of nerds. You know, they lose to Villanova in OT. Boom, right off the bat, top five team out. Princeton, who, you know, Mike, but also nerds. Um, They get taken to overtime to a, no offense, dude, like a pretty... It's like a pretty par, subpar Mammoth team, and they squeak it out there. And then Harvard just loses to Holy Cross, and then they beat a fucking two-year, three-year program, UMass Lowell, by one goal. Like, uh, I'm shorting the shit out of the Ivy League. Like, I'm sure that Yale and Princeton will figure it out. Yale's a phenomenal team. Princeton, like, uh, question mark for Robbie O., but they'll figure it out. But just an all-around horrible weekend for the Ivy League. So that will be my man down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it 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 is a little bit tough for the Ivy. They they usually get a little bit of a later start than the rest of the teams in the nation. They're not technically allowed to start their practices until February 1st. But 
you know, so those, those Yale, those, you know, the Yales, the Princetons of the world, you know, they'll figure them, themselves out. They'll be fine once we get into March and April. Um, but yeah, I forgot to mention that, uh, the Penn Quakers, they beat Michigan, but they just got smacked. I mean, if you guys are listening to this on a Friday, it's been two days ago, they got smacked around against Maryland. So now they're going to have to play the blue Devils. So enjoy that. So add that to the list of shorts. Prove me wrong. Quakers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll, Hey, Robbie O right now is calling out the Ivy League and we will be live at Franklin Field on Penn's campus on Saturday. Hey, Ivy League, nut up or shut up here. Put Robbie O <laughs> in a grave and take down the Duke Blue Devils. Although that's going to be a tough order, especially coming up against our boy Justin Gutterding. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, my, my man down of the week uh, you know, it's not going to be a specific team. It's not going to be a specific player. Uh, my man down right now is just the overall, you know, there need to be more college lacrosse streamers in the world. I mean, I need so, I need some of you guys out there to start, you know, ripping these broadcasts and throwing it up on a YouTube stream for me or something. I mean, it's it's so hard to watch some of these games. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, Ivy League. I, I know we're harping on the Ivy a lot here. But I'm not going to pay a subscription to to watch your broadcast. So I mean, I need someone else to you know take that stream, put it up on YouTube. We also need to figure out something with the with the scheduling in college across. I mean, there were so many good games last weekend. You know, I I had three screens going, three different games going, and I feel like there were still at least five or six games that I was missing out on because every game is scheduled for either you know twelve o'clock or one o'clock. Then you got a few coming on at three. Um, so I, I mean, college across, if it's going to really take off and be something that, you know, people will actually be able to, you know, sit down and, and, you know, take up their entire Saturday with, you kind of got to spread out that schedule a bit because I, I can't have, you know, seven games going on at one, you know, five games going on at three and then nothing going on the rest of the day. So, uh, you know, if you're someone who's, uh, you know, looking to get themselves into the streaming business, you know, slide into our DMs. We will, uh, we will definitely appreciate that. And yeah, the schedules, I mean, figure that shit out because, uh, it, it's, it's tough to keep up with. I mean, we want to watch all the games that we can, you know, let, let's, uh, let's get ourselves back into a high note here. That's, that's my man down of the week that, uh, that takes care of man up, man down of the week. Let's get ourselves now because on the line, we've got the man who has been lighting up college across it's only been one game into his career, and he already has the world's attention all focused on him. We've got from the Albany Great Danes, Dehogan Nanakoke. All right, and now we are lucky enough. We're stealing him away from Fortnite for a few minutes here. He's uh, he's in the middle of a big game here while he's getting prepared for Drexel next weekend. We've got the man who has lit. NCAA lacrosse on fire in his first week of the season. We got Dehoga Nanakoke from the Albany Great Danes. Dehoga, what is going on, buddy? And thank you so much for joining us tonight. What up, boys? It's 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 great. I I know you uh you got a big Fortnite game going on here. Apparently you've uh you're pretty good. So if you want to plug your uh your PlayStation name or Xbox name later on in the interview, we could get people playing against you. But for right now, let's talk about that debut that you had in the Carrier Dome last Saturday. I don't think anybody that's listening to this podcast right now missed it. I mean, it was it was a 
damn fine performance. Five goals in a 15-3 win. Um, I mean, unreal from you know a, a freshman, just the way that you came in there and, and dominated like that. I mean, what what was going through your head right there? Uh, just play lacrosse. That's uh, I I don't know. I used to stress games out a lot, and then and I was I always used to just talk to my brother, who's the one who's been there along my side the whole four past years that I've been at IMG here. And then growing up, it was always just just play lacrosse, just do what you do. So I was a little tense that first half, and then I just seen him. He gave me a little nod, and I just remind myself, just do what I do and go play lacrosse and have fun. Yeah, I mean, you got to love that brother dynamic, having someone to look up to. And, dude, that's awesome. And just speaking of kind of a brother on the field, just, like, talk about playing with Connor Fields. Just as a freshman, you know, you're playing with a kid who has 117 points. You're coming in. You know, you guys are kind of this dynamic duo. Like, how is he uh, as a leader on the field and off the field for you? Uh, he's a really big leader. He's um he's always there. There's a couple practices where – I'm not hitting my shots and or I'm not bouncing right off the crease and he's always just there to pick me up, get me get me through the next play. He's always just there uh giving me the insights of what he sees and then he asks me what I see and just different things. We're constantly talking about what we should do on and off the field, like with each other and our plays and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the the two of you to get like watching you guys, it's like I, I mean it's it's much it's must watch TV for lacrosse fans everywhere. I mean it's so fun to see you guys, uh, pretty much your your entire team, you know all the Cretans. I mean you guys just ball out out there. It's just a ton of creativity all over the field. Um, I know that that's something that Coach Mar really you know allows for his teams to do. Um, you know he's not exactly like a hard ass coach at all. You know he kind of loves his players being creative and like. You know, so is is that one of the reasons why you chose Albany over some other schools? I mean, Coach Mar just kind of lets you boys fly and let you do your thing. Yeah, when uh, anyone asks me why I choose Albany, it's Scott Mar. Um, that's literally my only answer I can say. The way he coaches is just how I've been playing my entire life, and that's just what I liked about this school. And then I liked how everyone was like, it was, it's all one big family. It's not senior class junior class sophomore class freshman class we're all one big group and we're all we're all boys i mean and it seems like you guys definitely are all boys and going off of that kind of you know just the albany danes being one big family and got, got a ton of creatives going around just walk us through what happens during the headshots because i mean you guys broke the internet with those things uh the headshots i was kind of late to the thing i was i don't know what i was doing but i was a little late but I walk in and I just see everyone just in front of the mirrors. I seen Flip doing his mustache and just wondering why he had glue and putting his uh, mohawk up. And I was just like, wow. I actually used um, Coach Gleason's tie and everything. I don't, I don't have a, a tie or anything. So just just walking into it, I started laughing as it's crazy amount how much time people were putting into. I was like, I was kind of like freaking out. What do I do with my hair? So <laughs> next year I'm gonna I'm gonna try a little bit harder to do something else with my hair. But it was it was fun doing uh doing the headshots with everyone. Yeah, and and you were telling us that you are rooming with Matt Eccles. I mean, the Eccles family they are just legends of the game there in Albany. They are headshot Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah, is there any way that we could get Matt on the line here? 
Yeah, actually, he just walked in the room. <laughs> let's let's get him on. Uh, all right, we got a nice little two for one interview here. We are we got Matt Eccles on the line, freshman, the youngest of three. Or are there any more Eccles in the pipeline waiting to get up into Albany? One more after me. Jeez, shout out to the Eccles parents. Uh, So let's see, for anyone who hasn't been able to keep track of of this legendary family throughout the years, we've got oldest brother, Derek, or is there any any older than him? Actually, one older. Did uh, did he play at Albany or or what's going on? No, he's in the Marines now. All right, well... Sucks for anyone who has to be on the opposite side of the battlefield of that guy. Uh, but yeah, so we've got we've got Derek Eccles, who graduated a couple years ago, was on that uh, inaugural Albany headshot roster team, um, just flowing out like a like a true beauty god. Uh, we've got Sean Eccles. What what's Sean now this year? Is he a junior or a sophomore? Junior. Yeah, so so Sean's been on the headshot uh, team for a while, and now we've got Matt, the freshman, the young buck, in the studio here. Uh, listen, you know a- anybody who's followed Albany Lacrosse knows about your family. Uh, you know, you guys are you, you you seem like wild boys on the field. You seem like wild boys off the field. So you know the three of you, Derek, Sean, and yourself. Um, I just got to know you guys are locked in a cage, battle royale style, every man for himself. Who's coming out alive? Easy question. Me, for sure. <laughs> Love the mentality. <laughs> <laughs> soft all age. The, yo, how, how are you winning that fight? Are you fighting dirty or are you just, are you just more of a, an animal than the other two? Uh, definitely dirty. Morning weight room, right? Strength coach got you guys doing bench press max. Who, who's, who's winning that one right now? Uh, Sean doesn't even lift. He's, he's real soft. <laughs> Derek's going to have me right now. But that's going to change in the near future. Come senior year, dude, you're going to be absolutely bullying all your older brothers. A, a, a ton of a ton of confidence from Matt there. But Dehoga, who do you think is is Matt talking a big game, or is he actually coming out on this one alive? You got Derek, Sean, and Matt Eccles locked in a room battle royale. Who's taking home the the belt? Um, for me, I probably want to say Sean Eccles is going to come out. Um, I feel like. He's uh, much more mature than the both of them. And I feel like he's got more poise and he'll be able to last longer. Is this about to start a a roommate fight? It happens happens a lot. (laughs) Uh, Beautiful. Well, then, uh, (laughs) hey, Matt, buddy, I I appreciate you hopping on the line, man. uh, It's it's an honor to – anytime I get to speak with someone from your family, it's it's a privilege and an honor. So – uh, the first Eccles also to be on the crease dive, so you have that over your brothers. Wow. The real question would be who, if I lock the door, who comes out of the room, out of me or Matt? Oh. <laughs> or the weight room. Oh, who's throwing, who's throwing up more weight in the weight room between you two? Uh, me, obviously. That's that's a much that's a lot. I'm a strong believer in that the weight room's overrated, but I could be wrong. That's why I'm also not scoring five goals against all uh, against Syracuse. That is why, or that is why, I hit the weight room. I'm a big believer in the weight room. <laughs> I just got absolutely bodied. We, we, might, we might have to get that that roommate fight actually going. I think that that will do. Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll come in. We'll film it. We'll put it on pay per view, and I think that that would make a killing. It should be. Uh, 
maybe we'll we'll get it set up so the pay-per-view can be right around Memorial Day weekend. Well, that's too close. Maybe after Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Love it. All right, Maddie, thanks a lot for hopping on, bud. We really appreciate it. Uh, but speaking of beauties on Albany, um, you know, I you were one of my favorite players coming into this season in general, just because, you know, not, not necessarily, you know, the talent that you have, the skill, the creative that you, you play with, uh, but more because you were wearing the box bucket playing field. Um, you know, it, it's something that you were doing down at IMG Academy down in Florida. Um, I mean, it, it just, it looks so good. And I was heartbroken, uh, you know, when I saw earlier on in the preseason that they forced you to, to wear a uh, field helmet. So, I mean, like, are, are, are you a little, are you a little pissed off that, you know, who, who made that decision? Did the NCAA did Albany. Why, why do you not have the, uh, the box lid anymore? Um, I guess it's an NCAA something where I can't wear a box helmet because it's not NASCA approved or something. So I was a little, uh, rattled, I guess, but not really. I kind of expected it because it was the same thing as high school where I had to wear a field helmet, but, does Brian stop making the helmet because my head's so big? But <laughs> yeah, I, so, uh, so what do you got? You got the, the fused together CPXR? Yes, yeah, something like that. I don't really know what it is. But um the the box helmets, I just like it way more. It's lighter. I got way more vision. I can see my peripherals pretty well and it's just so much lighter. I can see the ball when it goes up instead of having to tilt my whole head back to look up for a ball or I I've been wearing a box helmet my whole life and any field tournament I've ever played and I've basically used a um, box helmet and I just, I like them a lot and I wish that the NCAA let me wear it, but it is what it is and I'm I'm happy with the helmet I got now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to get into the NCAA's ear about that one. Uh, see if we can get any rule changes for you there. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to do what we can with the little pool that we have, but uh Maybe we'll, we'll we'll start a petition and we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you in that box bucket. Hopefully, by the time that May rolls around. And speaking of May, listen, I've uh, you know I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've been huge on the Albany Great Danes for the last few years now. Um, you know the the team that Scott Mars been putting together down, up there. Um, I mean, you guys have been getting better, you know, every single year. Uh, so like. Is, is this the year that you see you guys, you know, finally breaking through and getting that Dane train rolling into Memorial Day weekend? I, I know that it's a few months away. A lot of guys don't like to look ahead, but is, it, is that at least one of the goals of the season to get yourselves into Foxborough? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's I think it's a goal for any uh, collegiate team to be in um, Foxborough, but um, this team has definitely got a chance. We um, From our goalies to our attack, through our midfields, our face-off guy, we're all we're all pretty uh, good at our positions, and I feel like our coach Scott Mari's he he put together a pretty good team for this chance, and it's been a couple. It's been, I guess, they never made it there, but I feel like we got a strong team and a strong schedule to get there. So there's a lot of steps on the way, but um, that's definitely a goal of not just me, but our entire team to make it to that weekend. Uh, game by game, we probably should. Well, we got to focus on each game this weekend. We got Drexel, and so we just focus game by game. We got a ladder in the room, start at the bottom, and we got to work our way up through our schedule, and hopefully, eventually, making it to the um, tournament. 
Love that, dude. Well, I mean, obviously, we're pulling for you. We're pulling for the Danes. You guys seem like a real tight-knit group. And, I mean, just as a freshman, man, like, what what's it like to finally be on the big stage? I mean, the recruiting process starts so early. There was always – I mean, you were one of those kids that, you know, as like a, a middle schooler, like eighth grader, and all throughout high school, you had all eyes on you. Now you're finally on the big stage. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a long journey. It's not too many people know that. When I uh, went to IMG as a junior, I had only three credits that were NCAA eligible from my school in Canada, and um, they were eligible. Like I wasn't taking the right classes, so I had to do that extra year at IMG. But it was a long process from here to then, and I wasn't like my freshman year. I didn't really even think of going to college. It was just my brother always in my ear about um, I can play here, I can do this. He's been there for since day one, just telling me that, and I never really believed it until my freshman year, doing a couple of tournaments in North Carolina, Maryland, and seeing, and then finally talking to Scott Marr my sophomore year at a tournament at IMG, and he's the first coach I had a conversation with, and uh, that's the year I think Lyle might have been a freshman or I don't know, but it was Scott Marr was always there from day one talking and he believed in me from that day and then that's the day I decided to apply to IMG and then um, start my process from there basically starting as a freshman my junior year to get into a division one school and eventually I'm, I'm here now and I'm pretty excited about actually being in a division one school yeah, I mean, we we couldn't be more excited about it. You know, I you're you're the one playing, but you know, being able to to sit down on a Saturday afternoon, pop on a uh, pop on a stream, and you know, watch you and and the rest of your boys up there at Albany just ball out out there. I mean, it's it's incredible for lacrosse fans. Um, you know, obviously a great feeling for you, but you know, this it's it might it might even be a little bit better for us. So, um, you know, real quick, last question here. So we, we've already seen what you can do on the field, at least in one game. I mean, you've still got plenty more games left in your career. But Dehogan Nanakoke, the lacrosse player, or Dehogan Nanakoke, the Fortnite player, who wins one-on-one? Who is, who's the more dominant player? Uh, definitely the lacrosse player. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you get back to your game there. Thanks a lot. I mean, we, we appreciate it so much. You coming on, uh, best of luck against Drexel this year. Best of luck the rest of the way through. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously we'll be checking in. We'll be keeping up with the boys as the season goes on. Um, but uh, thanks a lot so much for coming on, man. Thank you. Tayoga, brother, Matt. Yeah. Th- thanks for coming on, brother. Really appreciate Thank it. Appreciate it too. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. Roll Danes. Dane train. All right, and thank you again. Huge shout out to the Hogan Nanakoke for popping on the podcast with us real quick. You know, like we've said a billion times already, what a start that kid has had to his collegiate career. The fact that we get to watch him for not only the rest of this year, but we get him three more years after that, it just seems too good to be true. So we've got a ton of Dehoga to look forward to over the next few years. But for right now, let's just set our focuses on what's going on this weekend in college across because 
we've got another big one coming up here. I mean, it may not have as many top 20 matchups as last weekend had. I feel like we got maybe a little bit spoiled a little early on in the year with last weekend's schedule, but there's still a few rivalry games here, still a few heavy hitters playing here. Uh, Speaking of rivalries, let's just real quick start off with the oldest rivalry in Division I college across. We've got Hobart taking the trip up to play against Cornell. This one's been going on forever. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Hobart hasn't been having a great start of the season. They're 0-2. Cornell started off their year 0-1. Uh, so, you know, it's not going to be a real marquee matchup for this year, but it is something that has a ton of, you know, bragging rights going on. And, you know, Hobart definitely has bragging rights right now. They won the last game last year, 16-8. That was their first win in this rivalry since 2004. So I'm not exactly sure if we can call that a rivalry anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's going to be, you know, a big game for those guys. Uh, you know, not exactly interesting for, for the rest of the country, I'd say, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll just, we'll move on from that. I mean, shout out to that rivalry, but let's go into something that I know that everybody is going to be having their eyes on. It is the game this afternoon, Friday night under the lights, happy hour lacrosse. We've got the UNC Tar Heels going on to Homewood to take on Hopkins and I mean, this is a game that is made for TV. So thank God it'll be on that ESPNU. And boy, does everything look better on that Homewood field under the lights. You can't ask for a much better game. Hopkins versus UNC, the Blue Jays versus the Tar Heels, two teams that hate each other, two coaches that hate each other. Brescia and Petro, they can't even look each other eye to eye. This is going to be UNC's first real test. Like they're playing against a top 15 program. You know Brescia and Petro are going to have their boys dialed in. Uh, you know We talked about it earlier. UNC, they're undefeated, so you can't knock that. But they're squeaking by these, you know, no offense, mediocre teams. And so, so this is going to be a real, real good test, um, uh, especially against a Hopkins team that's just coming off of a fat whooping against, uh, against a really good Loyola team. So this is going to be a game that we're going to have our eyes on. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, I mean, that this Hopkins team, we're going to say it time and time again, probably for, you know, the rest of this year, said it a ton last year. I mean, Hopkins, they're just very inconsistent. I mean, they can go one week looking like one of the best teams in the country. Uh, the next week after that, they can, you know, come out looking like garbage. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I'd rather play against Hopkins, you know, the game after, you know, they win because they're they're due for a letdown instead of having to go up against them after getting smacked around by Loyola a bit. So, I mean, this is a game, you know, like I said, this, this is a game that first off, it's made for TV because neither of these teams really enjoy playing defense that much. I mean, both of these teams can score the shit out of the ball. Neither of them are really stopping it too much right now. Um, you know, but when you're, you know, you're on ESPN, you Uh, You got everybody watching Friday night lights, you know, Hopkins is looking to have a bounce back game. You know, I think that this is a game where we're just going to see Hopkins swagger really come out here. Um, You know, they're, they're probably going to break out a few hidden ball tricks. They're going to go low to sky, probably going to see a few backhand finishes. So I, I think, you know, UNC they're, they are undefeated, but I just don't like the way that they've gotten their three wins so far. Uh, and with, you know, with Hopkins coming off of a loss, usually able to shake that off. You know, I, I think that they're due for one here, but it's, it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, you know, so that's that's one rivalry that's going on right now. Let's just uh, head up north a little bit now because we've got the Army Black Knights of West Point heading to the Carrier Dome. They're playing against Cuse and... <laughs> 
we've we've met, we've mentioned it before on this podcast. I mean, Cuse is coming off of a shellacking by Albany, but I mean, I, I think a lot of teams are going to be coming off of shellackings from Albany. <laughs> Can't really hold that against them too much. Uh, but this is a game, you know, this is a game that's been co- close and tight. You know, the last few years, you know, this is a game that we've seen in the NCAA tournament before. You know, you go back to last year, Armony Army got the. Uh, one goal win over Syracuse. And that was one of the very few one goal games that Syracuse played in last year that they didn't come away with a win. Uh, you go back 2016, Cuse gets a nine, eight win 2015. They, they break away a little bit there. They get a 12, nine win for Syracuse. We go all the way back to 2010 NCAA tournament army stunner nine, eight in double overtime. First off, the fact that that game was, was 2010. Holy shit. But I mean, are, are we getting that old? I, I think so. I just remember it was Johnny Gleason just leading the charge for the Black Knights, walking into the Carrier Dome and just upsetting them, just ending their season. But you know what? This is 2018, and Army's head of charge, Teddy Gleason, the younger brother, is now a senior uh, on the team. And look for him. You know, he's already having a big year, had a past big couple of years at Army. You know, dude, this Army team is – I mean, we hate, hate, hate the fundamentals on the crease dive, but they are, they are robots when it comes to the fundamentals, like ground balls, poke checks, overhand shots, bounce shots. They are they are a textbook coached team. Um, they're just so sound. Um, they have that number one goalie um, in his class that was coming out of Intel lacrosse. Like he's playing on his head. This is going to be a good game. But like you said. You know, they're coming off of uh, Cuse is coming off a of slacking against Albany. Uh, Cuse has a great uh, coaching staff, so um, I can see them turning this one around. But this is this is going to be a, a hard fought game. They're two opposite teams, but two teams that are both very similar. If that makes any sense. Same, same, but different, but still same. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you hit it right. I mean, Armony, they're just kings of the fundamentals, and I, I think you know a team like that. Um, you know, it, it's going to be hard for them to, if they're going to lose a game, I, I just think that they're, they're too sound at, on all areas of the field to really get, you know, their doors blown off. So this is going to be a game, another one that, that Cuse is going to have to figure out, you know, how to kind of scratch and claw their way through this one, kind of get a little bit of magic from last year, if they're going to come out of here with a win, but it is a redemption game for them in the carrier dome after they got laughed out of there last year. Uh, so now let's, uh, let's, let's head down a little bit more South here. We've got. The 1-0 Princeton Tigers taking on one of the biggest surprise teams in the nation so far, the 3-0 Virginia Cavaliers. We got the Wahoos there. Uh, you know, this is, you know, I've, I've been pretty big on Princeton so far over these last few episodes. I think that, you know, they've got a ton of talent, at least offensively. Um you know, we've mentioned this before with with these Ivy League teams. You know, they get a they get a little bit of a, a later start on the season than most. They don't get to start practices until February first. So I think you know that that tight uh, double overtime win that they had against Monmouth might not be as indicative of the team that they are. I mean, they I think that they had a little bit of rust to shake off there. So I think that this is going to be a game where they can really come into their own offensively. It's going to be Michael Sowers leading the charge. He's going up against some of his, you know, his, his Philly brethren there in Virginia. You got Doc Aiken and Matt Moore leading Virginia there on offense. So I, I think he's going to have a lot to prove to those guys. Um, but again, I mean, Virginia, they just, they look, they look sick this year. So 
you know, what do you got on this one? Virginia looks awesome. I mean, they are a team that, you know, everyone thought that Virginia was dead. You know, they used to be this powerhouse, always making it to the Final Four, Memorial Day weekend. You know, Lars Tiffany comes in. There was a lot of big question marks around, like, what he's going to do. But he's taken this program, and he's – it's crazy to say that he's turned around Virginia lacrosse. But, no, he's he's resurrected them. The Wahoos are back. Um yeah, but Princeton, on the other hand, like you said, Mikey Sowers just put up 82 points as a freshman. I'm pretty sure it was 41 and 41. He's absolutely ridiculous. So it's going to come down to the matchups. Uh, Connors from UVA at the deep pole position will probably take that matchup. Um, it's going to be a good one. Uh, like you said, that that Monmouth double OT squeak by uh, might not mean that much just due to the fact late start first game. So this is going to be this is going to be a test for both teams, and this we're going to see some true colors coming out of UVA. Let's see if they're the real deal. But they are they're they're fucking hot right now. Yeah, I mean, they, in their three games so far this year, they put up you know thirteen goals game one, thirteen goals game two, eighteen goals in game three. So I mean, the the boys are scoring big down there, at Virginia. Um, so if Princeton's going to want to you know get out of there with a win they're going to have to score even bigger. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, hopefully going to be a high scoring affair because that is that shit that we love here on the crease dive. Listen, long poles. Uh, we got plenty of love for you and everything, but just stop doing your job. Let us all enjoy the highlights. <laughs> uh, and then uh, that brings us to the final game that we're going to be previewing for this week. Just so happens to be a game that you and I will be live at with the Duke blue devils coming down to Philly to take on the Penn Quakers. Robbie O, you will also be taking the trip here to Philly for that game. So it's uh, it's going to be our first game together. We're going to get a little crease dive live action going on in that game. I cannot wait to get out there. Uh, you know, I can't wait to have you down here. I can't wait to mix it up with, you know, some of you savages that are out there. So if anybody here, uh, you know, if anyone's in the Philly area, you know, you're looking for something to do on a Saturday afternoon, this is a three o'clock game. So, you know, you might be able to catch us down there at Penn's campus at the Blarney Stone, gas and a few beers, maybe around noon. Who knows? Get ourselves nice, loose and ready for that game. We'll be there mucking it up in the stands and it's it's going to be a great time all around. It is going to be a great time all around. And like you said, boots on the ground for the crease dive squad. I am so pumped to get down to Philly. So pumped to watch the Quakers take on the Blue Devils. I mean, Penn... They got a they got a squeak by win against Michigan, but then they're just coming off an absolute waxing against Maryland. And now you got to play now the number one team in the country, and Justin Gutterding are flying down to you, and you got to take them on. Like this is this is gonna be a challenge. Like Penn does not have an easy schedule whatsoever. Um, but you never know. This is college lacrosse, so like we said, anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, it it is a home game for Penn, so that's going to be big for them. Uh, you know, also, you know, I, obviously I watch the the local news here and the uh the weather forecast. There might be a little bit of rain there on Saturday. I mean, that's not going to that's not going to ruin our fun, but it might be able to even things out for Penn kind of get a uh, you know, maybe get Duke's offense off a little bit, maybe have some, you know, some some passes getting thrown away. Um, I mean, the the stick technology these days is absolutely ridiculous, way different than when I played. Uh, so rain doesn't really affect the game too much anymore, but it, it could still slow things down and uh, kind of even this one out for Penn. But again, I mean, Duke, we saw them last Friday on ESPNU against Denver. I mean, that that's probably... 
you know, one of the bigger tests that they'll face all season. And I mean, Ethan Walker for Denver, he was able to put up five goals. Uh, you know, they had to go up against Baptiste, who got, you know, over double digit faceoff wins again for like pretty much every single time in his college career. Um, so they were able to battle with Denver, trade, uh, trade leads back and forth and still come out of that one on top. So, you know, a, a team like Duke, who's already been through that test of Denver now having to play against Penn potentially in the rain, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for, for Penn to get out of here over 500, but who knows? I mean, crazier things have happened for sure. Uh, and with that in mind, you know what, Rabio? Let's let's uh let's run a few line drills here and let's set some picks and dig into these spreads. Probably our Save favorite, the money. our favorite segment of the show. Uh, especially if uh, especially if you've been following along with my picks, I went uh, four and one last week. Kaching kaching, uh, Robbie. How, uh, how how'd your picks fare last week? Um. A little different. I feel like this is becoming a thing. <laughs> just me just saying just a little bit different than your picks. Um, I did the reverse. I went one in four. So um, if you followed my picks, uh, yeah, the bookie is probably pretty pumped right now. Uh, but with that being said, new week, new year, new me. I'm, I got a couple picks lined up, so I'm, I'm ready to get this going. Yeah, it's, it's a long season. Definitely plenty of time for you to dig yourself out of that hole. And who knows, maybe you'll have the last laugh by the time Memorial Day rolls around. But let's get into this right now. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get the, uh, our picks on those games that we just previewed. So let's start off with Hopkins and UNC. Um, listen, I, I, I said it in the preview. I'll say it again. Hopkins under the lights at Homewood. With ESPNU there to broadcast the game, coming off of a loss, I think that this is a huge swagger bounce back win for Hopkins. I'm taking Hopkins minus one over the Tar Heels. Yeah, I mean, for me, first of all, shout out to Lax Vegas Lines for putting out these lines every week. Uh, make sure to shoot them a follow on Twitter at Lax Vegas Lines. Um, they do uh, lines for the entire top 20 team, and you could DM them if, uh, if there's non-top 20 lines by request. Um, these guys know what they're doing. And speaking of them knowing what they're doing, they've set this line at Hopkins minus one, which to me sounds super scary uh, because this is – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to take Hopkins at Homewood, but I feel like it might be a sucker bet. So feel free to fade me. Feel free to fade you. Uh, that's just, that, that's my interpretation of this line. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about having the same pick as you after your week last week, but Hey, let's, let's get rich together. <laughs> We've go. got a huge weekend coming up here together in Philly. So let's, let's ball out while you're here. So let's, let's win some money. Uh, next game on the schedule, we will go, it is Virginia getting favored three goals against Princeton. And, you know, I, I think I think that Virginia gets out of this weekend still undefeated. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we've said Lars Tiffany has done a great job down there with those Wahoos. But I think it's going to be way tighter than that. You know, I could see maybe like a 15-14, 15-13 kind of game. So I'm going to have... Princeton covering Princeton plus three. Uh, I still think that Virginia gets out of there outright, but what do you got? I'm going to take Virginia minus three. I just think they're playing hot lax right now. Offense is clicking. Their defense can need to shape up a little bit, but um, you know, the fourth game might be the game to do it. So I'm going to take UVA minus three. All right. Let's uh, let, let's uh, go back up North. We got 
Army travel into Syracuse and Army, the favorites at two and a half. Robbie, oh, I know that, that you've been huge on Army so far. So what do you got on this game? Staying huge on Army. I got Army minus two and a half. I don't. <sighs> yeah, I got, I got Army minus two and a half. I get them coming into the Carrier Dome and taking care of business. I got them winning by five or six goals. Uh, last week, uh, I picked Syracuse uh, over Albany in a pick em. And obviously that didn't bode well for me. So swapping it, changing up a little bit. I'm hot on Army right now. Um, I got Army minus two and a half. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, every time I think about Army playing against Syracuse, my mind immediately goes to that 2010 NCAA tournament double overtime game. I know that we're eight years removed from that. Um, but I get, you know, I broke it down in the preview before about how many one goal and tight games that these two teams have played over just the last few years. So, I mean, to make Syracuse a two and a half goal dog at home in the carrier dome, when this is a bounce back game for them after getting embarrassed by Albany, um, you know, I, I think I just have to go Syracuse, you know, plus two and a half there. I think Army Army gets out of there with a win, but I mean, it's, it's going to be a one goal game like we're used to seeing from these two. Uh, and finally, that is going to bring us to Duke at Penn. Duke is getting favored four and a half. Uh, Robbie, I'll let you do the honors as you will be the guest here in Philly, the guest of honor. So what is your say on Duke and Penn? I got I'm taking all the I'm taking all the favorites right now. I got Duke minus four and a half. I got them flying into Philly, taking care of business per usual. I mean, they are one of the most complete teams across the board from offense to defense to goalie to face offs. Like they're they're the number one team in the country for a reason. Uh, I, I don't really see this Penn team holding up. Like you said, the rain can make a difference and balance it out. But I got I got I got Duke by six or seven after seeing uh seeing that performance, uh Maryland versus Penn. Yeah, I so here's the thing. Philadelphia, this is a city of underdogs. You think about Rocky versus Apollo Creed and Rocky Two. You think about you, you think about the Philadelphia Eagles, underdogs, the entire playoff run this year, underdogs against the Patriots, knock down the dynasty, win the Super Bowl. And now you've got Penn as home dogs at Franklin Field, four and a half goals, home dogs. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Duke is that good. I think that Duke's going to come out of there. They're going to get the <laughs> minus four and a half. <laughs> Love Penn. I, I, you know, I, plenty of great guys there on that coaching staff. I'm really looking forward to getting out there to Franklin Field to see him play. Uh, but you know, I'm, I got to think with with my wallet here and not with my heart. Uh, my wallet is telling me Duke minus four and a half. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now moving on to the mortal locks. Mortal lock of the week. Jordy, yours missed last week, but you've been pretty hot with them. Who do you have? Who do you have this week? I mean, I really, really wanted to take uh, Vermont minus four against Quinnipiac as my mortal lock of the. But Vermont, I mean, they've just been playing so well lately that I really don't want to jinx them there. Uh, but shout out to the Catamounts. I hope you keep that one rolling. Uh, so instead, I'm I'm gonna take the the fattest line on the board this week. I am going to go Denver minus seven at home against Cleveland State. 
Uh, Cleveland State, really appreciate everything you guys do. I mean, I hope that that program keeps growing throughout the years, but you guys are about to run into a buzzsaw with Denver. So Denver minus seven against Cleveland State. Put it in, lock it up. Jordy's Mortal Lock of the Week. Robbie O, who do you got? You know what, Jordy? I am 0-2 against the spread, betting against Jacksonville. But you know what? It's tough to lose three times on one team. I will be betting against them again this week. My mortal lock is Ohio State minus 5.5. Absolutely love that line. Absolutely love this Buckeye team. Um, So my mortal lock of the week is Ohio State minus 5.5. If you're feeling risky, um, parlay it with a Cleveland State money line over Denver. Uh, Yeah, so Ohio State minus 5.5 is my mortal lock of the week. All right. Hey, let's let's hope those dolphins go down like they are swimming off of the coast of Japan. Listen, Jacksonville, stop taking money from my boy Robbie O. He needs (laughs) to put the train back to New York. Uh, but yeah, so that is going to wrap up episode five of the crease dive. Thanks a lot to Dehoga for coming on. Uh, thanks a lot to everybody for listening. It's been a great ride so far and we're really excited to keep this one rolling through the rest of the season. Uh, we will see everybody who's around at the Duke versus Penn game, uh, tomorrow at Franklin field. Uh, we we also got a lot of uh, got a lot of fun things planned for uh, for the next couple of weeks here. Maybe even have a little live interview coming up with a couple of former national champs, maybe even a former Tawarton winner. So that's something to look out for in the future. Uh, thanks again to everybody for tuning in. We've uh, we got a hell of a weekend to look forward to. So you know. Sit your ass down on the couch. Get yourself some streams. Let's watch some lacks. Make sure to follow us on social, Twitter, and Instagram at The Crease Dive. Uh, same handle for both there. We've been pumping out content for you guys. Uh, you know, Robbie, you got any closing remarks? No, that's really it. You said it all. And thank you to Dehoga again for coming on with an interview. Fantastic player, even better dude. So thanks again for that. Episode five in the books. Like Jordy said, make sure you're following our socials. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, we'll, uh, you know, hopefully everybody in the Philly area, we will see you at Franklin Field for that Duke Penn game at three. Um, and everybody else keep on listening and just remember low to high to the day we die. We out. Can you just repeat your squat stats one more time, please? Uh, four Oh five for three, uh, bench press three Oh five and trap bar deadlift for 500. That is, that is big boy weight that you are moving. Holy shit.